Oh, Derek, we got some sad news to talk about today. I'm, I'm assuming you know what that sad news is, right? Yes, I do. It's Tariq Black, man. It's Tariq Black. He's down. He's got a crack in his foot, whatever that means. I've never heard an injury described as like a crack in something. Do you think that There's, means it's like a, 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 like a clean break or a fracture or what? You know, I'm not going to pretend I'm a doctor, but what I will say is it sounds worse than like a break. Because like a break can be fixed and heal. The crack just sounds like, hey man, part of your bone just cracked off and you're not going to have it again. That's what it sounds like to me. And maybe that is the case. Yeah, Who are we to sort speculate? Of like, <laughs> it's sort of like... Um, you can break your iPhone or you can crack your iPhone. I don't know which one's worse, but they're they, they seem like fundamentally different. Yeah, like I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we're we're looking too far into this. But the bottom line is there's no clear timetable for his return. He could be out all season. And this is a Michigan offense that is already looking pretty bad. Tariq Black is the leading receiver in both receptions and receiving yards. It's, I mean, it's a total question mark. You know, what does this offense do from here, given that it's already been limping through most games? I mean, granted, only three games, but limping nonetheless. So, so what do you think Michigan does in the short term to try to get things going? Well, I, I, do, I do think that there are some options, first and foremost, which I think is good. You have some depth, even though some of the depth is unproven uh, and young. But I do say, even though Tariq Black has been a starting wide receiver uh, right from the gates, as many expected after his spring game, obviously there's Donovan Peoples-Jones, who showed some elite potential in, in Michigan's win over Air Force with the punt return. He also had his first two receptions. Uh, Eddie McDoom, a guy who got a little bit more uh, time in, in the Air Force game as well. And you've got you've got other guys. You've got a Mo Ways, Maurice Ways, who's who's an older guy who has seen very, very limited time over the course of his career. But uh, I say out of those three guys, I I would pick one of them maybe to start. Uh, And then obviously there's some other guys that can be options as well. But I do think with... Uh, the the emerge of Diamond Peoples Jones. Many people expect him to to be even better than what he showed last week. Uh, and then obviously a greater role for Eddie McDoom. We talked about what is he going to do this year uh, over the summer. We talked about is he just going to be that end around that jet sweep guy, or is he going to go out and catch some balls? And so you know what I think that this week will really kind of show us who fills that role. And I expect someone to fill it. And obviously hope. Uh, a speedy recovery for Tariq Black, and whether he returns this year or uh, in the future, obviously he has a lot of potential and will be a big-time player. I'm looking forward to, to seeing the way Grant Perry is used now because so far he's been Wilton Spate's safety net in the passing game, and without one of your big-time threats in Tariq Black, does Perry take on even a, a, like a more expanded safety net role to where it's, it's almost like what Jake Butt was the last two seasons for Michigan quarterbacks. I think it's a definite possibility, and I've seen it floated around. One thing I want to make note of, though, is that I don't believe Michigan is losing either its best hands or its best big play threat. So Tariq Black, 
uh, had that 46-yard touchdown uh, touchdown catch, which was amazing. But, you know, there's still Kukoa Crawford, who has that kind of ability. And Donovan Peoples-Jones, who has shown a couple times in very limited offensive action that he can create big plays. And then there's Grant Perry with those very reliable hands. So it's not like Michigan lost its best of anything. It just lost a talented receiver. That's the one thing that I keep coming back to in my head when I, when I think about how consequential this could be. Yeah, and I agree. And like I said, there's so much talent. And we talked a lot about this young receiving talent. Uh, a guy like Koa Crawford coming back and Grant Perry who's had uh, kind of an expanded role. I would, If I had to take a, a guess, I would probably say that not only Diamond Peoples-Jones gets more time, but I think Perry's role, like you said, expands. And I would also say that Eddie McDoom definitely takes over that slot position and they've got to find a way to incorporate him in the passing game. Uh, too many times you'll see him uh, you'll see him in motion, and, and there's been a time where the crowds even uh, yelled doom uh, before he's even handed the ball. So talk about giving away a play, and, and obviously they, they'll fake it to him sometimes uh, when he is in motion like that, but I think that now more than ever, Eddie McDoom needs to needs to step up and, and, and play more of a role in the offense. Obviously a very explosive player, someone that I thought could be the spark uh, talking about him this summer. And, and he's made some comments that we hope uh, Tariq Black the best and hope he recovers, but we've got work to do and we've got a game to play. So he's in that mentality of almost like he's the next man up. And so although he can't replace uh, Tariq Black's size or, or be maybe a huge red zone threat or a guy you'll throw a fade to, definitely a guy who can use his speed to get open. And so I expect to see uh, the offensive playbook open up a little bit, uh, especially against a good Purdue team. And hopefully we see some of these other guys get a chance to catch the rock. Now, the things we've been talking about, I feel like they've been floated around pretty much universally. Like the, this is the stuff that everybody is is saying. One thing I haven't seen a lot of, though, is like what is <clears throat> excuse me, what does Zach Chentry's role look like or Nick Eubanks? You know, those tight ends who have each had big plays, but you're not seeing them get involved like Jake Butt as a tight end was getting involved the last two years. Granted, Jake Butt was incredible, and these two guys, it'd be a real stretch to say that they're up there right now. But it's just uh, it's, it's interesting to think that maybe Zach Gentry could find a bigger role without Tariq Black. I don't. I just don't know how like how far of a domino effect this is going to have because this offense is struggling severely. So it's not like we know its capabilities or its limits yet. And I think those tight ends, especially those two, uh, Gentry and Eubanks. Could could see some could see some action in the wake of this injury. Yeah, I don't know who exactly it's going to be at the tight end position. Uh, could be tight end by committee, but I do think that that role of the tight end, uh, not only in blocking obviously, but in the passing game, is going to have to uh, to be more present as the season goes on because it's kind of hit and miss. There's a big play here, and by big play, I mean a 30-yard catch, and and so Gentry's had a couple of those, but uh, then it's kind of like you don't see him, or or Eubanks has a big big catch uh, in a game uh, game against uh, Cincinnati, but then you don't see him again, and so they have to use that that tight end, those tight ends, because there is talent there, and again, it just gives Wilton Spate more options, and he hasn't seemed like a guy who's been able to kind of kind of go and look around the field. He seems to still look at his target, uh, which has been a consistent problem um, 
throughout his starts. But I will say that if something's going to open up and, and kind of uh, relieve the deficit that the losing Tariq Black has, I do think that the tight ends will see much more production as long as the as well as the receivers that we mentioned as well. Okay, I know where I stand on this, and I want to get your take on it. Since we don't know if Tariq Black could come back this season, I'm going to throw a hypothetical at you. So let's say he is cleared to play for Wisconsin and Ohio State and then a bowl game. Hopefully two bowl games, right? So he's cleared to play toward the very end of the season. If Michigan's offense does improve and it's looking even good, do you insert him back into the offense and take away the red shirt that he can now get because he's only played in three games? What do you do? Yes, I think I put him back in. If if Harbaugh and, and company believe that he's still one of the best playmakers at that point coming off of an injury, uh, I absolutely would like to see him on the field, and especially as it comes to bowl season or somehow a, a playoff game or, or even a bigger bowl. I mean, I think that if he's still one of the most talented and still can put a performance on, I think you put him out there. I think one of the things that I try to wrap my head around is Michigan should continue to get better and better. Uh, Jim Harbaugh's recruits should always be good. And the receiving class might not look as talented coming in next season, uh, but I would imagine that at least one or two guys are guys that could turn into at least a J.U. Chesson or an Amara Darbo that have NFL potential. Now, whether they pan out uh, is yet to be known, but I think just because of the fact that you want to put the best players out there, Tariq Black is still one of the best players after missing a big chunk of the season. I would like to see him, and I think that Coach Harbaugh would play him because I don't think he's really worried about red shirts uh, at that point because he wants to win football games. And if Tariq Black can come in and you can throw a fade to him or he can get open down against a team like Ohio State or Michigan hasn't had any success with against recently, I definitely think that he could be used. I am 100% with you. I think um, you know, with the, with the uh, caveat that he is still one of the best receivers available, you bring him back. You, you don't think about the red shirt and getting him for uh, possibly four years after this. And I, I also don't think that Harbaugh would take that route. It just doesn't seem like something he would do. So, Derek, you know what season we're in, right? Oh, we're in fantasy football season. Uh, it starts with an F. It's not fantasy or football. Fall. It's fall. And do you know what that means in terms of beer selection? Oh, Man, it's my favorite season when it comes to beer. All of the Oktoberfest themed. I mean, you have everything. You have you have beers that literally taste like the leaves falling from the trees, but we still drink them because they're eight point five percent. Yes, the best Oktoberfest available is, of course, from Line and Kugels. I have some in my fridge right now. These beers are so good. Great to drink on a, on a crisp Saturday afternoon while you're watching football all day. And then, heck, do it again on Sunday when you're watching football all day. Nothing tastes better than a Lion & Kugel's Oktoberfest because it just, like you said, it, it brings out that taste of fall, the leaves falling from the trees and they're changing colors. And you get a, a nice brisk breeze coming through a cracked window if it's a perfect day. Nothing better than the Langenkugel's Oktoberfest. So, Derek, 
we obviously, oh, I shouldn't have said we, I hate, I don't like it when people say we in terms of like talking about Michigan, the team, Michigan's got Purdue coming up, a team that uh, you figure is capable of putting some points on the board. Problematic for a team like Michigan, which has the exact opposite capability. They do not put points on the board. And we're talking about Tariq Black. What in the world is Michigan going to do now if Purdue starts running away with this thing and Michigan has to try to keep up? I do think that uh, Michigan's defense will play well. I think it will slow down Purdue enough uh, to obviously give Michigan a solid chance to win this game. However, uh, if it comes to a shootout, I think that Harbaugh will be forced to open up the playbook, which means... I mean, even if you open up playbook, guys still got to execute. You still have to make plays. I think that the offense will be forced to to perform at a higher level because of an opponent like a Purdue. Uh, so I think that Michigan will be fine. Uh, this is definitely a game where uh, I, I would say more worried in this game than I was against Florida because at least against Florida, it was because Michigan has all these question marks and then the defense came out and looked phenomenal. We've had three weeks now where we haven't seen Michigan's offense really perform to the level we thought they'd be able to. Uh, that worries me now because you have to put points up to win football games, even if it's three to nothing. And so Quinn Nordeen can kick a field goal from it seems like anywhere, but those red zone drives that are stalling do worry me because a team like Purdue is very hungry. They've got a brand new football coach who kind of has that Harbaugh effect in terms of I've got the guys excited, I've got the fans excited. I don't think as talented, obviously, as Jim Harbaugh, but it's good. It's looking good for Purdue right now. A team who who has a coming off a huge win against Missouri and and give a little bit of a battle to a Louisville team with a Heisman uh, Trophy winning quarterback. So it'll be interesting, uh, but they will have to keep pace and, and obviously the offense will have to improve to do so. All right, let me tell you what Jeff Brom said recently talking about this game with Michigan. He said. Quote, we're probably more aggressive in stopping the run than other defenses in terms of our structure, but it's worked good. We want to make teams beat us passing the ball. We would prefer Michigan to beat us passing the ball. We want to try to take away the run, end quote. Does that worry you? Because that certainly worries me if they're able to do that. Yeah, I mean, if, if plays aren't able to be made on Michigan's and when they're on the offensive side of the ball, I mean... Yeah, that is a huge worry, and and I do think that uh, a team fired up like a Purdue who who has a good offense, if Purdue's scoring touchdowns, their defense is going to come out fired up, and Michigan cannot cannot stall in any drives. They cannot afford to get down seven nothing, fourteen nothing, seventeen nothing. They have to come out and perform, and so. In order to control the game, you've got to have both sides of the ball, including special teams, working in your favor, and you've got to win. You've got to win two out of the three. Harbaugh talks about that all the time. Usually with a good defense and special teams performance, you can win a football game. However, there's got to be some kind of offensive element to do that. And if Michigan has to do it through the air, that worries me. However, I do think Wilton Spate is more than capable of doing it. He showed that last year. And even without Tariq Black, now I think that there's receivers uh, that have enough talent to to make big plays. It's just a matter of if uh, all the stars align on, on the right night. So I'm worried about this because... Michigan has not proven to be a team that can come from behind and get that uh, decisive go-ahead touchdown. You know what I mean? And 
so I'm just so worried that it's going to come down to that. It's going to come down to what can Michigan do in the final five minutes of this football game down four. You can't just get to the 30 and, and let Quinn Nordine's magic leg uh, you kick a field goal. You're down by four. You need a touchdown. What are you going to do? Like, I don't, I just, I don't think Michigan's uh, super capable of that. It can be done, sure. But I'm not I'm certainly not gonna bet money on it. And so if it does come down to that, man, I might I might give you a call. I might be hysterical. I'll be at the game actually. I don't know how good reception is over at Ross Aid, but it's gonna be it's gonna be a hell of a ride for my emotions, that's for sure. Yeah, I I agree. And I it does worry me because their inability to score in the red zone, if you're if you're trying to go on a game winning uh, drive or a go-ahead touchdown late in the game I mean is it going to happen outside of the 25 yard line in a big play because once Michigan gets within the 25 they can't seem to put together any kind of offense uh, that gets them the six points that they need at that point you're down four you're right that field goal does not work uh, no matter how good your defense is playing uh, you might not get the ball back it reminds me of a game where and I know the spread isn't uh, it's not insane I mean, it's only it was started at 10 i think it's under 10 now but there's been there's been games like i think 2015 indiana where michigan was uh the spread was 13 i think and and they won in double overtime obviously a a pretty wild game uh, at indiana uh there's there's games like a connecticut game uh back in Jannar robinson's days where they're favored by almost 20 and and only won by three some of those games obviously different teams but some of those games where Michigan's still expected to be uh, the team that wins but has trouble, uh, especially when it can be on the road. And so I don't think a close game plays in the favor of the Wolverines because that would mean that they continually have to answer. And there's been so many drives where they've been unable to do so but if Michigan can come out and show a spark on offense early uh, take a lead and then the defense can just kind of kill the momentum of the Purdue offense I think they'll be okay Uh, they haven't been a team that's been able to pull away from anyone until late and they're definitely never proven to be a team at least under Jim Harbaugh's era that can come back from way down so Michigan's got to control it early and and control it throughout uh, only allowing the gap to close to about three or seven or I think they're in big trouble. So one thing, I think the main thing left that we haven't talked about is Michigan being able to run the ball in order to take some pressure off the passing game without Tariq Black. Purdue is giving up 129.7 rushing yards a game. That's number 53 in FBS. So it's not great, but it's far from a pushover, right? Like this isn't um, Rutgers last year where Michigan could have run a toddler out there and he would have picked up four or five yards. Uh, so Michigan definitely has to establish a running game and they've done it sporadically. Like, like the numbers on the whole look fine, but then you, you take a deeper dive and you see that, well, it's actually, it's kind of hit, hit, hit or miss all or nothing. They get into the red zone and it really sputters. So, you know, I, I'm hopeful that, that there can be a running game established because that would mean really great things for a team that, you can't really throw the ball right now, but Purdue is far from a pushover. So I, it, Purdue, if if they can like the like Jeff Brown wants to, if they can sell out and stop that run and make Wilton Spate beat them through the air, that's step one to a really big upset for your program, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm thinking of just the yards 
and on offense in total, and, and none of the numbers have really been impressive. I mean, I was impressed with some of Ty Isaac's uh, first two games at least, uh, and, he, and, he's, and he's averaging just over seven yards a carry. Uh, but one of the things that I feel like I, I often forget is I read earlier that out of the, I think, just around 500 yards they've uh, gained in total, 200 of those came on, on five plays. And, and, I mean, obviously the, the two uh, bombs that won't spate through one wide open to Tariq Black, another one that I think Kakoa Crawford had in, in game two, those are obviously big plays that are going to take up a bunch of yards. So out of a lot of those plays, they're not averaging very many yards uh, per play. And, and so even though Ty Isaac has busted off for a couple of big runs, there's also times where Ty Isaac's getting stopped in the backfield. And so you can't always rely on big plays. I'd rather see a Michigan team that doesn't have any big plays on the ground but consistently can gain anywhere from four to seven yards uh, on the ground just the offensive line is just dominating and imposing their will on the defensive line. So I don't need a a sexy game or big plays by any means. I just want to see some healthy offense uh, that continues to dominate and slowly but surely wears out the Purdue defense. Uh, because again, what we talked about is Michigan's offense is going to need to perform in order to beat a Purdue team who, who seems to have very little problems on offense right now. All right, Derek, I've, I've basically spoken my piece here with both Tariq Black and Michigan's prospects against Purdue. Have you done that? I absolutely have. Okay, then I think we should drop it right there. So you've been listening to the Go Blue Crew on Wolverine Sounds. You can check us out on Twitter at Wolverine Sounds. Same thing on Facebook, or you can go to WolverineSounds.com. You can also subscribe to Wolverine Sounds and iTunes. So just across the board, it's Wolverine Sounds. Day and night, we eat, breathe, sleep it, whatever whatever that saying is. I'm um, looking at the weather in West Lafayette. It looks like it's going to be a balmy one on Saturday, 86 degrees, but still a, a great day to, to crack open a uh, lining Kugel's Oktoberfest and enjoy uh, what is hopefully a win for Michigan over Purdue. So thanks for listening and go blue. Go blue.